for one, welcome our new gentlemen, overlords. Who? Now that's a team I can work with. I love it. I love bringing people together. How we doing? Hey everybody, welcome to the Gentlemen Overlords. I'm Andrew. I'm Max. I'm Robert. Uh, fellows, uh, Gentlemen Overlords, let's uh, talk about some movies we've seen. Uh... Don't you forget about me. Look my way, girl. Something <laughs> breakfast. Movies we've seen. Robbie, have you watched any mobs? <sighs> any mobs? Dot I watched uh, the 1967 comedy film Playtime by Jacques Tati. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, um, excuse me. It's really good. I, I uh, uh, watched that with Jamie and some friends, and um, it's a really cool like. Hmm, how to describe it? It's a it's 1967 like, uh, comedy movie, I think. is. It takes place in Paris, but it's in this world that's like very, like, pretty monochrome. Like, lots of grays and, and kind of, uh, not super stark blacks and whites, but yeah, very, like, gray and, like, drawn out. And it kind of makes the flashes of colors, like someone holding some flowers or someone holding, like, a blue folder, like, really stand out. But it's really odd. It's just these couple characters that sort of pass each other in a couple early scenes and then all kind of end up at the same restaurant near the end. But it's just like these weird, it's almost just like watching this business take place, this big office building and the bureaucracy and all like the weird things about it that are kind of like, uh, there's like weird button panels that you have to press to like summon people. And it's not much crazier than like some systems that were probably in place you know, and are in place now, but it just like it because it's in 1967. It has this sort of retro future feel to it. This is you. Um, you you said this is a comedy. It's a it's a French comedy. So it is. Ah, I we kind okay. of joke that here we go. Some of the humor is kind of like, oh my gosh, like he's this is absurd. In I a asked for a way. pencil, not a pen. Ah! Yes, yeah. <laughs> so um. Socle so, yeah, yeah. So that's very. It's like this. The humor is pretty subtle in some ways, but in some ways not like. The bit at the end that I really enjoy is a restaurant that's basically still being like painted as it opens. I'm, so let me guess. Let me coming... guess. Let me guess. It is a European movie, so the comedy is that a man comes out dressed as a woman. Uh, no. Oh, but damn, that was missing. Um, <laughs> damn, I could have used that. Uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's subtle in some ways, and I think like in the towards the back half, like this. Yeah, this restaurant's basically being put together as it's opening up. So someone crashes into the front door and breaks it. They sweep all the glass up. And then as the guy is holding the big handle and is standing there trying to get it all cleaned up, someone comes and he pretends to open the door because he doesn't want them to think the door doesn't exist. You know, that there's this brand new restaurant that has, you know, had this accident. So he stands there and kind of opens the thing and then is kind of stuck doing that. As you see other scenes, he's still at the door pulling this handle. This drunk guy walks up and, he doesn't have time to open the door, but he passes through anyway. And he's just kind of like, oh, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. And all of this stuff is uh, the chairs have a uh, it's like the Royale Hotel. They have this crown symbol on the back of the chair and it's pressing into the men's suits. So when they get up, they have like this brand, this kind of this symbol on them. Just weird little subtle things that are just so odd. Um, is this uh, a famous scene? 
the scene might be famous, but the movie is kind of like ahead of, ahead of its time and pretty famous, I feel like. I feel like I saw something on the same scenes. So the guy's holding a door handle just up as if it were a glass door and opening it up. That sounds very familiar to me. It could be, yeah. And I'm sure that there's, it's a cartoony sort of concept, you know, the idea that you would, you know, pull a handle and there'd be a door or not a door or whatever. But I think um, they, uh, I think they stole that for a uh, movie 43. I think that was one of the uh, vignettes. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Inspired by Tati. Hugh, Hugh Jackman um, with balls on his chin holding an invisible door, I think was. Uh, <laughs> but I do, I do recommend, I do recommend checking it out, especially like even just like that, the restaurant bit, which is a big stretch of it. It is just kind of like, it's hard to describe. It's just like, it is like quietly humorous just in this kind of like absurdist way. And it's the late sixties and it, it feels very like ahead of its time. Um, the other thing I watched was Candyman two farewell to the flesh. Oh no, this is the movie where everybody decides to move on without their skin for the rest of their lives. Right. Yep. Uh, this is Candyman, but it takes place in the bayou. <laughs> oh, I do declare. Uh, it does have like the choice of the like omniscient kind of narrator. Well, not exactly like kind of like in warriors, how there's like the woman on the radio and she's kind of like describing kind of the stuff that's happening uh, in between scenes. A wet hot American summer. It's the, uh, it's the PA. Yeah. Answer. Yeah. 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 Not actually not, not far off. Um, and it's really funny to me because his, his name's like, I think his name's crawdaddy. What's his name? Let's just see if Is I can it like crawdaddy? Kingfish, Kingfish. Oh, King Baby. Um, and he, what's that? Crawdaddy is the name to go with. Uh, yeah, yeah. But punch up. For he a... does have a real like. Well, the the Big Easy welcomes you, y'all. And Jamie pointed out that um, it feels like they're really trying to make sure you remember it's in New Orleans by like occasionally mentioning stuff like, like the, there's been murders occurring by Candyman, and he's like. This one goes out to the hook man out there. Chill out, man. Take it easy. Have some gumbo. And it's like, okay, I get it. We're in we're in New Orleans. I get it. You know what's really funny? Um, I was gonna I was gonna bring it up during the TV shows, but I watched an episode of Children's Hospital, the seventies episode. Oh wow. And they, that's a great they, one. they load that episode up by having all the characters just say a bunch of seventies references as if it's like dialogue from the show. And it's just like that was their way of like letting you know this episode takes place in the 70s as they're like the Vietnam War. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it's just like that. So you kind of reminded me of that. But anyways, continue with your Candyman. Oh, um, I mean, it was good. I don't I don't think I enjoyed it as much as the first one. The first one just had a lot more novel things going on. Are you excited for the new and one? The Jordan Peele one? I am excited to kind of see that how they, what they did with that new one. Um, but... Uh, I know there's a third one and I don't know if there's a fourth or anything else like that, but I'm, I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything about the third one. So I'm nervous about this one. And it seemed to kind of try to close the loop. It seemed to kind of be like, this is a sequel. And now we have eliminated Candyman possibly, I guess they kind of leave it open, but I felt like it was a good kind of, uh, yeah, tying, tying it up for, for me. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for the remake slash sequel. Like maybe it's a sequel too. um, uh, and kind of check that out at some point. But Candyman 2, not a bad entry. I, I would still recommend it. Did that movie come out already? Yeah, it is out, surprisingly. Oh, okay. It came out a couple weeks ago. And I'm hoping it's for, like, normal VOD by Halloween. Uh, yeah, I had, just had not heard anything about it. And it kind of... when the, It's one of those things, like, I know that, like, it's kind of weird with COVID that, like, something can come out and um, just sort of exist without much fanfare. But 
It's mm-hmm. usually not a great sign when something comes out and just kind of like, yeah, that did come out, didn't it? And like nobody's really talking about it. I saw some stuff for it. I hadn't heard about it until I think it came out, but people seem to like it, I think. Okay, that's good. I hope so. I I mean, I know he's not the director. Uh, Jordan Peele's not the director, but produced it, maybe wrote it. I can't remember, um, but you I don't know. know. I, don't, I don't fucking know, but I hope I. He, he endorsed it. He endorsed it. Yeah, he he said good things about it. He mentioned it in an interview. Um, and a tweet. And a tweet. <laughs> Any other uh, movies, Rob? That's it for me on movies. Max, what about you? Uh, I watched a movie called The Paper Tigers, which was actually filmed in uh, in Seattle in the International District, and there are noticeable spots where. Where you can uh, look at it and say, hey, uh, I recognize that spot. It's pretty neat. But it's um, about these uh, three disciples of a kung fu master that gets killed. And they have to figure out, you know, what happened to that master. They're also, like, they've grown up and they're old and they're kind of, uh, they've lost their uh, kung fu ways and, and... uh, parted ways the three of them and so they kind of have to come back together figure out what kung fu really means to them and and uh, how they can do their um their sifu proud essentially and it also uh stars Guy da silva who is a one of the marvel uh stuntmen who did like black panther he was also one of the people in the uh elevator scene when captain america beats everyone up sure He's one oh. of those guys who gets his butt kicked and he falls asleep on the floor. He, if you guys watch Corridor Crew at all, he's often on the stuntman react videos there. He's a pretty funny guy. So it was cool to see him. He's one of the younger versions of the people before they, uh, like not in the present day, but when when they're younger. There are, I guess, three stages where they're kids and then when they're like uh, more college age and then um when they're adults, most of the movie takes place with them as adults, but it's cool. It was a good movie. It's funny. It, uh, has some good fights and, uh, takes place in Seattle. It's pretty neat. I recommend it. All right. Uh, I also watched Kate on Netflix, which is like the, um, sim- similar to gunpowder milkshake. It's another like, um, revenge killer <laughs> thing. Like some, somebody who's just good at killing, um, going in and uh, taking people out. This one is a little bit weird. It all takes place in Tokyo. And um, I don't think is the greatest depiction of Tokyo. She's going after the Yakuza. And some of it seems a little tone deaf. Some of it seems a little bit like it's based on old uh, stereotypes mm. of of like the, the neon Tokyo. Um, but there were some interesting parts to it. Uh, she had my shoes on, so it was kind of neat. Your actual shoes? I think so, but I think she <laughs> had the, the la- oh yeah, like the ones that I own. No, mm-hmm. I think her her version, she had the laced up version. I got the slip ones. So I could tell they weren't mine that she was wearing. Also, <laughs> oh, okay. hers were bright white. Mine are like gray at this point. So not mine, uh, but close enough. I'll count. Seems it. like a lot of... A lot of uh, deviations between her shoes and your shoes to just make them not your shoes. Um, no. Oh, okay. No. Never mind. Other than <laughs> other than what I've mentioned, it's exactly the same. 
They're, I mean, they're the same brand. They're the same colors. See, that's that's one thing. That's, I think this was mm. a reference to Kill Bill where, and maybe a reference to Game of Death. But I think Kill Bill was the reference to Game of Death, and then they just referenced Kill Bill. I think that's what happened. Right. But she's wearing the Onitsuka Tigers. The thing is, she's not wearing the uh, yellow and black. She's wearing the white, red, white, and blue, I mm. guess. Okay. I, 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 from here on, I didn't realize this was a f- uh, feature of the show. I'm going to start pointing out every time I see somebody in, like, gray Nikes. I'm going to really make a make a big point. I didn't realize we were doing that. Yeah. No, if you see someone, that's what you're supposed to do. You oh, call it okay. out. If you see someone wearing your stuff, you call it out. Great. Fashion forward. Especially, at the, like, if you're at the movie theater, like, a good thing to, like, point out to the audience. Yeah. If, if I were at a movie theater, if this wasn't a Netflix show... <laughs> Uh, I imagine I would have stuck my foot up in the air and said, see, yeah, that's me on screen. Wow. Like that. They're telling my story. Yeah, exactly. You want to get kicked like that? Keep talking. <laughs> Keep telling me to be Keep quiet <laughs> while I'm yelling. In the- <laughs> uh, and then the other movie I watched was Cry Macho. I made it about 15 to 20 minutes before I, I had my fill of... Uh, Old ass Clint Eastwood. Oh, um, that's that. Okay, I was trying to remember why I remember the name, but yeah, old Clint man. Yeah, going across the border again. Uh, I haven't seen Mule, but I imagine I would stop it fifteen <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> with your experience yeah, it, with the Clint Eastwood going over the border movies, <laughs> it did not. It did not grab me. I think the man is past his prime. I love some of those old westerns. This is also not technically a western, even though it's very much. Uh, sold to look like one mm-hmm. i guess like he's wearing his cowboy hat they've got the the western font but it just takes place in the 70s uh not the 1870s <laughs> this is the 1970s mm-hmm. uh and it, it, w- i don't know i i can't say too much about it because i didn't uh, get too far into it but there was a certain point where i was just like all right i'm not even <laughs> i'm not feeling it but i'm also not willing to try to feel it anymore yeah uh so yeah that that was it for me mm-hmm. uh, b- big no on the cry macho but the other two well i guess paper tigers check it out kate if you're into that sort of thing sure how about you andrew what i didn't you watch seen? any movies this week fellows wow so Man. and we have a podcast and you don't even <laughs> consider that I don't even, you know, I didn't consider. Oh, God, I hope you we, also watched at least the movie we're talking about. Uh, mm. I had a dream about it. Does that count? Hey, that counts for me. Oh, uh, let's talk about some TV shows then, fellows. <laughs> TV shows we've seen. <laughs> we've seen. All right. Robert, TV. Just, just uh, Bebop, Cowboy Bebop for me. Uh, did either of you catch the? They released like the intro of what it's early. I oh, like, no, think I what didn't. the opening sequence is going to look like on Netflix. I did not. Um, which is interesting because they, unless it's just stylized like as a trailer, and that's not the true, true intro, the true, true intro, um, mm. it shows like segments from episodes. So it'll show like uh, the mom and her like eco terrorist sons from the Gateway Shuffle episode. It'll show. Pierre LeFou, which is like the crazy floating maniac in this later episode and the Teddy Bomber and things where it's like, and that's, that's typical of like animes and some things, but Bebop had a, just a pretty generic, like showed all the four members and Ayn 
and didn't have any storyline stuff. So it was interesting to see like, and you'll see this and this scene and this scene. Um, it is a little interesting, like because it's evoking the anime intro so much, it really feels like a, um, not in a bad way, but it kind of feels like a fan film thing where like, surely someone has tried to recreate this in live action at one point too. Is it the same song? Um, yes, they do use oh. tank. Um, and the, the, the composer, uh, fudge, I'm forgetting their name now, but, um, I do believe that they're uh, on board and working and making some original music as well as I think licensing the music. So that makes me really happy because that's such a, such a pivotal part, but I was stoked to see that. And I've just been rewatching some of it anyway. It's such a beautiful show and I'm going to be try try and be cool about it. And it's like, if it's not good, it's hard to adapt and animate a live action. Sometimes I'm just going to, I'll be fine having the originals to go back to. So. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be tough for that show because it really is uh, tying itself to the original and it really mm-hmm. like recreating certain things note for note. And so I feel like people are going to have an expectation for it to to be exactly that. Mm-hmm. It might be a little rough for them if they deviate and people get pissed. Yeah, I I already feel foolish because I kind of criticized like Phase Outfit at one point and I really was not trying to be like a dumb a dumb reply guy dude about it. It was just more that like, whatever, it's not worth it to me. I would rather the, an actor be comfortable in their, in their garb. And there's going to be changes to everything regardless. It was just more like compared to everyone else. I was just surprised that it was so different. Um, And ultimately like that makes so little, that has so little effect on everything as opposed to like how it's going to feel like, however, are these people going to really embody these characters how will you translate the the their mannerisms to the live action the effects and things that are going to be kind of as important because everything's in one anime style in the show and this one there's going to be definitely a delineation between the cg of a spaceship flying around versus the human person in the and the coat and the the cockpit so stuff like that is kind of what it's going to all land on anyhow yeah cool anything yeah, else about that that's it for me max what about you I watched The White Lotus on HBO, and I want to say, have you guys heard of this one? I've heard of it. I haven't watched it yet. Yes. Jamie watched it, and I kind of, it's one of those things that I'm like sort of peripherally pop culture-wise know things about, but. It's really good. I definitely recommend it, like a a pretty big recommendation. I thought it was great. Uh, And it's got Steve Zahn in it, so Andrew, chop, chop. (gasps) It also has Jennifer Coolidge. She does a great job. You may know her. as the the person who L in Legally Blonde taught to do the the stand up and whip your hair yeah. back move. I there's also what that was called. there's a lot of internet impressions of Jennifer Coolidge going around right now. A lot of people are doing impressions of her. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I avoid the internet when I can, so I haven't seen <laughs> that. <laughs> it's a good, it's actually a good policy, but I mean, good, yeah, good yeah. policy. Uh, well, she does a great job. In this show, is it specifically from the White Lotus? No, it's. I, I, I think approach? that it's like a it's a woman doing like a bunch of like micro like short impressions, and mm-hmm. one of them is just uh, Jennifer Coolidge from. Uh, I think it's from Legally Blonde, mm-hmm. but it's just you know I'm taking your dog, dumbass. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, she does a fantastic job. This the show is about. Um, like the a group of rich people who uh, go to a Hawaiian like private resort 
And uh, it's about their interactions with each other and their interactions with the hotel staff. And uh, uh, things get a little bit wild. The music is incredible and really gives you gives the whole series like this uneasy feeling to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, a Mike White show too, right? It's got the yes, guy that's from uh, School of Rock and. I did not know that. I yeah. did not know what he had done, but I looked up the mu- the musician uh, since then, and I think he's done like the soundtrack for Utopia, the mm. British version, which I didn't really know. But like, it real the, the mu- it's incredible. The music really fits this show and really does a good job at uh, like conveying the feelings of the show, and it's good music in general. So I've been listening to it over and over again. But cool. the, the show itself is fun to watch. It's good, like dark comedy uh things get tense but um but it's always a fun watch also mm-hmm. I, I highly recommend it cool and then i've also been watching the new seasons of, of what we do in the shadows and that one's been good good to get back to that i really like the tv show andrew you haven't watched is that correct not yet i'll get to it eventually well do it it's, okay. I, I recommend it it's the it's also getting to be that time of year. So <gasps> spooky scary monsters, is that what you're talking about? That is correct. Spooky scary monsters coming up. Not quite yet, but we're getting there. It's, it's there, almost it's yeah. almost eggnog season, it's almost spooky scary monster season. <laughs> that's true. That's right, that's right. Um I also watch Reservation Dogs. Uh, I've heard that is, I've heard this good. Yeah, it is good. Uh Taika Waititi is involved. I think he might just be executive producer. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's doing any writing in it or anything like that. But it takes place on a reservation, follows these kids around. They're kind of they're rapscallions. They have a gang, uh, but it's kind of like one of those. Uh, they commit crimes, but they're prank. They're like nobody gets hurt by them. Um, it's it's fun. I, I recommend it. It's funny. They call everyone shit ass, which I think is a very good insult mm-hmm. um, because I feel like it describes pretty well that somebody is doing something wrong that mm-hmm. is uh, both hurting them and the people around them. It's also not inaccurate. I mean, no. like nobody can come at them for being inaccurate when, I mean, you shit out of your ass. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's all that I've seen. You shit asses. How about <laughs> Damn. you, Andrew? Damn. Um. I watched the new season of Nailed It on Netflix, the cooking show with the uh, baking show with Nicole Byer as the judge. Um, so funny. This is a great season. A little short. I think maybe I've, I have a hard time remembering six episodes, so it felt kind of short to me, but they may always do six episodes. But delightful, very fun show. Just a good, like, palate cleanser of something that's just, like, fun. Everybody's having fun with each other. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's not mean-spirited at all, so it's just, it's always just, like, a cool, like, fun laugh to have at, like, the end of the day. If it's just, like, you know, if I'm watching, like, a really heavy TV show or, you know, like, whatever, the day just kind of doesn't go very well. It's a nice thing to have at the end of the day. It's really funny, so, and Nicole mm-hmm. Byer, Emmy-nominated for this yeah. show, so. Nice. Yeah. So, I guess they also just did a, a new um, season of Great British Bake Off, so. Oh, I have A lot of baking stuff that I have to get back into. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. So new season and nailed it. I finished watching the last season of Lucifer also on Netflix. Yes. And, uh, um, just heard that Neil Gaiman's Sandman is also being developed for Netflix. 
Yeah, uh, which caught a little teaser of that. Yeah, which will not be tied to Lucifer, even though technically Lucifer was a spinoff from Sandman, but um, these two things I do not think will be connected, but... Do they wonder... I wonder, have you looked up who, who they cast as Lucifer in Sandman? I saw that... I I saw the name, but I didn't recognize oh, okay. who it was. But, um, yeah, I mean, the last season was good. It it The show went longer than they anticipated. I think they thought they were going to end at season five. They ended up going to six. And I don't know, uh, for a, like within, like, I don't know, I, I've never read the Sandman comic book and I've not read the Lucifer spinoff comic book, but just based on like a contained television show, I think the ending of it was pretty satisfactory in a way that not a lot of TV shows I feel like have had like a good satisfactory ending Hmm. lately. So I was pretty pleased with that. And I also Dark Side of the Ring, which is a Vice documentary series, just came back. And so two new episodes have come out. The Plane Ride from Hell, which is a uh, very famous uh, plane trip from the WWE from Europe to America. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, that episode is fucking wild. And uh, cost is it like is it like Fast and the Furious, where like someone power bombs someone in the back of a plane? It's not unlike that. There is uh, wow. There, it is it is quite a. I mean, like this, the amount of stuff that happens in that plane trip, it felt like it must have been like for the people who are not having fun during this plane trip, it probably felt like it lasted three days is is just based on the recounting of of it. Uh, somebody lost their job recently because of a story that came out from the Jesus. plane trip. So just uh, just not a great not a great thing. It made for a entertaining documentary, but also really hard to watch in certain points too. this stewardess who was sexually assaulted during the flight, uh, told her story. Wow. So that was, uh, that was tough to hear, but, and then, uh, one just came out last week about a wrestler named Chris Canyon, who I don't know a ton about in terms of like his personal life. So this one was other than he was like one of the first openly gay, on television wrestlers at the time in like the mid two thousands. And I knew that. And I had also known obviously that uh, he ended up committing suicide in like 2011, but a lot of the stories that were told about him were, were new and revealing to me. So uh, the two lives of Chris Canyon, I think it's called, but um, yeah, those are two very excellent episodes of that show. It's a great show. If you like wrestling, it may, it may, do damage to your liking of wrestling just because of the damage that comes out about certain people you may have liked. But hearing these stories is always at least somewhat entertaining to hear for good and bad reasons. But sure. Um, so if you have access to vice, I would recommend the show I think they're also all, like the first two and a half seasons, I think are on Hulu right now. So, Anyways, that'll do it for me for TV. Fellows, let's talk about the movie we're talking about today. F9, The Fast Saga. That's right. Tracy Chapman playing us in to F9, The Fast Saga. This movie featuring nearly everybody who's ever been in a Fast and Furious movie other than... Paul Walker, The Rock, uh, Leo, uh, and Gal Gadot, and then 
I guess, some other villains. But this is a heavy cast. <laughs> There's a lot of people who appear in this movie, and it's a long movie. This is a yeah. This is a, I forgot that it was two and a half hours. But um, now, did either of you watch the director's cut? Did not. I did. Wow. Six six extra minutes of footage. I hey, believe. <laughs> lucky you. Um. So this is a yeah. We're 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 getting towards the end of this series. There's going to be a two parter finale, uh, movie. But before we get into plot and all that. Would you guys recommend people see it is now available for rent and purchase F9 the Fast Saga? Would you guys recommend people see the movie? This is one of those recommendations where it's like if you're already in on the series like of course you're going to go see it. I I think that this is not the strongest entry. And I think for being the ninth entry in an, in an 11 movie series it, it introduces some huge things mm-hmm. <laughs> that it's pretty laughable or I don't even think we're necessarily I'm trying to we'll talk about it but I'm I was like does did we know that Vin had a brother before this ever? I don't think so, mm-hmm. um, but I, I would. But I would recommend it. I do think it's it's good fun. Yeah. Just not just not the the top of the the pile for yeah. me. Max, what about you? Very similar. I think that if you're gonna watch it, you know what you're getting. But uh, also, it's not the the cream of the crop of this series. I think it's kind of on the lower end, in my yeah. opinion. But um, but still fun, still wacky. When I got to the end of it, I I went back and I listened to our old podcast to see what I thought of the last. Wow, a fan, huh? (laughs) Yeah, you ever heard of these guys, (laughs) gentlemen overlords? They've got some insight sometimes. By the way, I realized Hobbs and in no, 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 in Fast Eight, uh, we were talking about the villains, and I was like, what about? if they brought Idris Elba into this oh, and really? uh, you, you guys both said, Oh, that's a great idea. I love that. And then he showed up. For wow. It was a monkey paws wish. Cause we got the spinoff. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyways, yeah, I really loved it and really love how wild and wacky they go. Mm-hmm. In these ones. But then uh, that was what I disliked about this one. So I, it is kind of one of those monkey paw things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We can talk more about it later. Yeah. What do you think, Andrew? I, I'm with you guys. Like, I obviously, I love this franchise and I do enjoy this movie. And if, like you said, if this is a, if you're in for the franchise, you're in for this movie. Like, you know what you're getting, you're going to like it. And I do really like this movie, but I, it is weird because, like, to me, Justin, Lo- Justin Lin, not Justin Long, Justin Lin has directed, I think, the best movies in this franchise. In, uh, five six and seven and so it was a it was a different guy for eight and then they came back to justin lynn for nine but it's written by a different person too so oh okay um the person who's written every movie up to this point did not write this movie i don't know what the deal with that is but it's a different writer um and i do think it kind of shows like this movie is it not that it doesn't take care of the franchise because there's there is there is and there isn't care taken to this franchise um mm-hmm. but it's it it does feel like it's in new hands in a weird way like it just kind of feels bloated in certain ways and then kind of flimsy in other ways that i feel like has not been the case in the past but um yeah i do i anyways long and short i do think people would like it if especially if they're in for the franchise already but sure so we've all kind of expressed that this is not our favorite movie in the franchise. 
in what ways did this movie kind of, I mean, not let you down is the right wrong word, but like just kind of didn't hit in the right way. Well, one thing, and I'm trying to actually think of this as a negative for me though. It's just interesting more. Is this the most like meta of them as far as like, like they're really referencing like themselves, especially, especially Roman, like famously Roman mm, in this movie is just like, we this, cannot this, be this killed. invincibility thing about like, maybe we can't, maybe we're just invulnerable kind of thing. And like, it is funny. Like the scene that kind of prompts this conversation is that he gets surrounded by all these guys with AK 47s and he kills them all. But during the gunfight, and this wasn't obvious to me at first, he is shot multiple times in the vest mm -hmm. but i don't think he like falls down or stumbles or anything he just realizes after the fact that the bullets hit and did just the best job he, that, a, that a bulletproof vest could do he, because he survived he, he claims 14 gunshots he also has like so he, he just has the vest right covering his yes. chest but he also has bullet holes going through his jacket right so yeah. they never touched him so now we're into like Pulp, pulp fiction territory where the bullets truly would have passed through it, that. Like, through and he's not, and like when you say his jacket, he's not wearing like a duster with like a long tail or something where like mm -hmm. he could like flip up in the air, like bullets can go through it. It's like a jacket jacket. Like he's just wearing it on his body. So it's not like there was a point where like it loosely flew up in the air and like, it's like, there, was a, there would be bullets in his back. Yeah. We have the conversation right after this. Like his, arm is smoking essentially where the bullet goes through his jacket but not him but it took us like is he shot is he supposed to be shot is he it, it looks like he's shot but what's going on so like it, it was unclear but it, i guess he brings it up later maybe they had to add that because that part was so confusing it's but they also bring it up without closing the loop at all yeah they, they just do that it's yeah. just to introduce that they i guess are part possibly invulnerable which is also like a big fuck you to like the people that have been on the crew that have supposedly died, where yeah. it's like, well, I guess Giselle just wasn't hanging out with us long yeah, enough. Yeah, like. I mean, th that is that is what I mean. Like, when there's, it feels like there is and isn't care taken in this movie, and that happens a couple times where it's like, the, 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 the explanation is just shrug. Like, it's just like, I don't know, like, mm -hmm. I guess we're invincible. And then, like, when he's, so he brings that up to Tej and, um, and Ramsey, where he's just like, I think we're invincible. And then they're kind of like playing with him for a second. And then Ludacris goes, man, shut your dumb ass up. And then like move on. And it was just like, yeah, I, why? Like, and it's, that happens That's a couple times. It happens. Why, a couple why bring it up and then just toss it on the ground like that. It happens a couple times in this movie where yeah. it's like the explanation is just like, it's too complicated for us to explain. So like, why did you bring it up? They did it with, uh, yes. Like also like Han's resurrection is like yes. sort of like, hey man, how did that happen? He's just like, well, a little bit of magic. And it's just a little like, bit of like a magic trick. It's like, what okay, does that mean? You've been, like, you've been canonically killed twice. So I the other thing is, and see, I always feel like such like qualified complaints where I want them to be using CGI to pull off some of these stunts because it's just not practical to use mm -hmm. practical stunts on a lot of things. And yes, there's mad the Mad Maxes of the world, but those cars are staying kind of on the ground and then getting blown into the sky occasionally. This is like hooking your car onto a cable and flinging yourself across a chasm. And it's like, there's just a couple spots where it looks a little sloppy. And I'm just surprised because I feel like there's some earlier entries that mm, use the effects better. Like, I think like mm -hmm. everything is trying to be the safe scene from, was that five or six? Five. Right. which is just so amazing mm -hmm. um and not so that they good. weren't doing plenty of cg and stuff in that but i feel like it was just kind of sparsed out better um 
so there's just moments like that that I feel like are kind of kind of funky and even as a fan of the series it just feels weird to introduce such huge kind of characters and sort of so much of the movie is like about the past specifically because they're introducing this character we've never met you can't just do a quick recap you have to kind of introduce us to this whole new person and describe what they were what they went through and then what they're going through currently because we've never met them before so yeah, so we get this we we open so the movie opens on uh, the two choices were strange to me at, in this opening thing which is they open with like the 1999 2000 universal logo but then we get taken to 1989 so like i don't know why they didn't have like the 80s universal logo if we're going back to the 80s and not like the late 90s mm-hmm. um so we we get a shot of younger so we get a sh- open on this race car driver toretto's on the thing the dangling cross is on the thing and you think oh D- dominic toretto uh formula 1 racer and then pulls up the helmet to reveal it's his dad and Dom's I on the like crew. That. So we see, we get like younger actor Dom and younger actor Jacob, who is in the future. I don't by, believe those, those men become those other men later, but whatever. Yeah. That, I mean like there, there's a, a whole credulity of, uh, Vin Diesel is brothers with John Cena is, oh my gosh. is insanity. Yeah. And, and, their sister too but yeah just jordana brewster what <laughs> i have no clue how john cena fits in that yeah me. and like it, again it's another one of those like weird things why bring it up where uh cypher is like i had no idea your bloodline had nordic blood in it yeah. or something it's just like why are you bringing this up if you don't have an explanation then like why even mention it mm-hmm. oh that line is so <laughs> It's just like, it's better just to have the audience kind of go like, okay, they're brothers than to be like a Nordic strain. I wouldn't have guessed. It's like, yeah. okay. It's also, I mean, like it also brings up the weird conversation about Cypher's cell where it's like, she's in a, uh, like a plastic see-through cell. They give her a little computer, but there's also like no place for her to sit and like, not to be like crass, but like no place for her to go to the bathroom or like anything. It's just like, she's in this like, eight by eight drawer. yeah it just that, says eight by eight drawer pass it back through <laughs> i guess so but it's it's so like i i guess they could transport her to and from that cell so she can do her work but it just was like i i don't know it kind of felt none like of it, it makes sense they also had like little um like lights essentially little neon lights standing all around her that changed color when they like deactivated the <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah what deactivated what who knows who knows? I the yeah. Complaints out of the way though. This movie's very fun. <laughs> the like it's it's exactly the kind of stupid action that you want from these movies. You know, like I, Robert, you brought up the 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 cable from a bridge being used as like a, a like a vine to swing across a chasm, but they use it in a car. Um, this movie also heavily features magnets, which is oh. like. I mean, of all the like, of all the heightened things, you know, like I wish they somehow hadn't revealed that in the trailer because as much as I it hyped me up, I was kind of like, man, that would have been a great like reveal. It would. I wish they had somehow kept that under wraps. It's also like uh, the the reaction line they use it in the trailer, and I don't even remember from the movie, but in the trailer, it's Roman going, "We're using magnets now," and it's just like this franchise has been heightened so many times that. Magnets feels pretty tame as like the next it, big move. It does, but maybe my controversial take is like 
I like all the big set pieces, but like I will be very shocked and upset if by the end of the series 10 or 11, we don't just get like a nice street race. Yeah. Like a fun, long, exciting going through traffic, maybe or other, you know, there, there can be stakes, but like, I almost wish there were like, weren't guns, like just a chase or something. Cause like yeah. it's gotten so far away from it and they joke about that, but like, I want it to get back to that at some point, at least for a scene. I would love, love something more down to earth because yeah, even in this one, you're having cars get pulled through buildings and, and all this stuff. Can you imagine like all the people, like their keys and wallets and, and everything, their phones be like ripped off of their bodies. This, like they would just be like, it's just like wild. Like what this, they're doing. Like the, the way they use magnets and the way that those magnets work are, it's like very, very, very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And it also like, really makes the good guys seem like they don't give a shit about anyone else in the world because there are like just coincidentally they don't murder hundreds but it's only or they don't show the murder doesn't happen well yeah because they have like 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 washing machines and stuff fly past a family of people who are just standing in a window every car on the side of the road no one is is, has just parked or is getting ready to leave they're all (laughs) you know they're in the middle of edinburgh which is such just like wall-to-wall humanity and nary nary a person was hurt it's so weird because like i forget which one it is but there is a movie where dom specifically says watch out for the people get the people out of the way and so Uh like it there was a movie where at a certain point it was like, we need to make sure that the public is safe. And then there's like, you know, the safe scene in, in five where, you know, like it feels like, you know, they're mostly taking out corrupt cops, but like, it's still like a safe being like barreled down a street. And in this one, you're right. It's like, like there's a scene where they're kind of racing with Jacob and they pull his car with a magnet through an entire building. And just like mm-hmm. no thought being taken to like, is there somebody in that building? Who cares? We really need to catch this bad guy at all costs. And it's just like the stuff. Yeah, you're right. The stuff with the magnets where it's like, like there's a, there's a scene where like there's their salesman, like selling like a TV to a couple. And then all of a sudden TV just start going like barraging through this building. And if you tell me that like nobody got struck by these like giant pieces of, of like appliances going through the thing, I mean, like, I guess just because it's like a big, dumb action movie. But I it, guess, is this the time that we decide that we're finally I'm sure we've joked about it with all the movies. They drove through the favelas and all these other places, too. But it just it's I mean, that should honestly be one of the storylines in the last movie is all the people injured. By there should them be like over, a, there you know, should be a Sokovia Accords for yeah, these they create like, a yeah. cabal and they're all like they're all like missing limbs and all fucked up. And they're like, we're going after the fast crew because they've they've ruined our family. Right. So. Um, and then how do you spin it to make them to make them not all killed by the fast crew and also join the fast crew? <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. This, I mean, this movie did follow the, it, it did it in one movie, which they normally don't do, which is the bad yeah. guy eventually ends up joining the crew by the end of the movie. But they also did buck tradition of the previous movies, villain, not joining the crew, which is uh, Charlize Theron. That's true. She seems to be pretty solidly set in, not and, and and the implication being that she could be the villain in the you know through, for the rest of the films supposedly so. yeah but yeah so uh john cena so, is like they're so they're once again after a piece of technology that is like there has been like god's eye and now this piece of technology this cult what was it called um 
uh, Ares. Uh, Ares. Ares. Yeah, the god of war. That's the god of war, right? Yeah. It just won't be the god of war. He'll be the god of everything. That's why Uh, Gal Gadot couldn't do this movie. (laughs) She's already fought Ares Ares once. Already been done, yeah. Um, Kara Ares. So He's like, I don't get it. I've already done this. Yeah, why would I do this again? I've already beaten him. Um, another great third act, by the way, this movie too. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a MacGuffin again. It's a it's a piece of technology that will allow the bad guys to kind of have access to everything. Like it was very unclear to me what Ares was in this instance that wasn't also God's eye from the previous one or like what um, the thing that like Idris Elba was after in in Hobbs and Shaw. It's just like every time they have to find a new piece of technology that will get transmitted out to space and then allow them to have control of everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, people aren't watching these movies for like, what's the, you know, what's the item. It's always like just the set pieces to get to the item. And, you know, part of the problem with this movie is that it is two and a half hours long and it just feels bloated in a way that, like, if this movie were a half hour shorter, I just think, like, you would think less about what the the item is or what's the thing that they're after. And, like, introducing a, a literal family member to have to add all the backstory to truly adds to all that material. Like, right. you, that would have made the trim so much easier. I, I don't know why John Cena had to be his brother. I guess it's because it's like, oh, he loves his family, unless it's his real family that he asked to leave. But it just feels unnecessary. I also don't think they handled that very well. If you go back and watch Vin Diesel's um, speeches in front of his sister and in front of the whole crew about how family is the most important thing, do you think it would ever cross her mind? Right. At some point, Mia uh, or Letty would be like, Dom, what about Jacob? They're keeping the secret that, like, they believe their brother, and they do absolve him, I believe, but, like, killed their father by tampering with the car. I know it's ironic. Then also if, if family is this thing that completely betrayed you, is that the most important thing in your life is family? Like maybe not something else. He means not his blood family, just the random people that were originally stealing, you know, VCRs (laughs) with him. It just seems weird. And and every new person in a movie. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Bad guys. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it just seemed weird. Like I bet if you go back, and watch every single movie. And I think every single movie probably has a line or like a full monologue of Vin Diesel talking about how important family is. I bet if you watch it, it's going to be awkward as fuck from like after this movie where he's just like, family is the only thing that's important. I completely have disowned my brother and uh, like, he really doesn't matter to me anymore. And he'll probably be like, family is for never forever. It's the one thing that, you know, will never change. And here he is, like, being a complete hypocrite. I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't work. That said, I I did think that the character work for Dom of having to realize that he's been a hypocrite the entire time, I thought that arc was good. And Vin Diesel, like, I mean, the scene that it happens in, which is him sacrificing himself to save the family by, like, collapsing a water tower on top of himself and then, like, him almost drowning and having a this is your life moment where he realizes he was wrong all along. Like there are Yeah. I I thought it was good. There okay, I just want to say real quick, are you done with your uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go thought? ahead. Yeah. So there are two points in this movie where I was completely confused as to where everyone went. One of them was when Dom pulls down the chains 
He's mm-hmm. in a room with about 15 people that he just tosses over to the side. Which <laughs> They're gone. At this point, you, you don't know. You think that, okay, he, they just died. Like he just tossed them down. Basically the, the Star Wars shoot, right? That yeah. just like yep. right down to death. But it turns out they fell into the water, right? He, when he pulls everything down, he also falls into the water, has a long dream about his uh, past <laughs> where he remembers new things that he didn't A lucid dream. Alu- yeah. yeah, some weird stuff. And then somehow Letty goes down there, picks up a giant wet Vin Diesel and carries him out of uh, this water that like there is like no ladder up from. I don't know how it happens. But anyways, in this point, where are all the people that he threw over the side? I guess they're like further down in the water. They also were having their own dream, but nobody pulled them out. They're still dreaming at the bottom of that. uh, I guess so. The other one, there is a like a it's not a it's a, a double truck thing oh i would like i would like to like, say in regards to your uh to uh, vin diesel being wet he has no hair to to then be wet and then wetted down like weighed down so that's probably yeah, that's where true. she was able to he weighs the exact same amount in water <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the clothes that he's wearing he wasn't sure no was no it's a, it's a special kind scene. of white t-shirt and denim that doesn't get doesn't get wet <laughs> Yeah, it's it wicks away. He sweats the water. out the the amount of weight of in water at the simultaneous <laughs> yeah. thing, so he can just yeah. Uh, okay, that would explain. Okay, so if he's just the weight of Vin Diesel, I can understand why Michelle Rodriguez is carrying him over and could find him among nineteen other dudes right. you know, <laughs> yeah. floating around. Well, I mean, I guess they weren't the, wearing a. It's the necklace. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but there's also like this uh, three, like it's basically a train that drives on the land. I don't know what it is. Some military vehicle. Also, they have access to a lot of weird vehicles. People who probably shouldn't have access to this stuff, but like planes with magnets on the bottom, another magnet thing. Anyways, Mm -hmm. there's this train thing that drives on the ground. Uh, It gets flipped over uh, forward. Like all three things uh, fly over itself, land upside down. Dark night, eat your heart out. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I was wondering where I would seen that before. Okay. And then... um, like it's filled with about 20 people who are manning all the, the computers that are in there. And Not then anymore. Vin, Diesel, Vin Diesel goes in there. No one yep. gets from the, from the very back walks all the way to the front doing this stuff, turns around and there's one, one guy in there that mm-hmm. he apparently passed. Auto. Yeah. What? Like that was confusing. What happened to these people? I, I hate to like, yeah, I hate to add on to this because I, I do really like this movie and I don't mean to just like nitpick it to death, but like there's a, there's another scene where earlier in the movie when they're in Edinburgh and Tej and Roman, you know, uh, get into the back of this delivery truck with a bunch of guys that they're fighting Yeah. at the end of that fight scene, they kick two people out. There was four bad guys previous and they just kick out two of them and there's like, <laughs> job done i was just like what ha- what happened to those other two people so like i think there is i think there is black holes in this movie where people are just disappearing robert yeah. saw him because he watched the director's cut the director's <laughs> that's true and get more tossing out so the, the, the only context really that the director's cut provided was he then sees cardi b when he gets to the white party oh, okay like she steps out and is like hey how's it going how's it going and then it's kind of less of a rev- it's there's more context for like suddenly she takes the helmet off when he gets taken away by the SWAT team. And it's like, Oh, it's all her girls. Yeah. Um, and there was another I lo- scene where I loved seeing Cardi B in this. Yeah. Uh, I think what my favorite part of the movie. Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> there's like a few other bits. Like, I think there's a bit earlier where w- before they like leave their son and go on 
to meet everyone like they, there's like an extra conversation to kind of give some setup that the kids being because that's another thing where you're like fucking who's with their kid like what's going on and then later they say oh brian everyone's watching him um uh well we haven't talked about something that max i've been dying to hear your opinion <laughs> oh on. boy Uh-oh. and that is the great star wars monologue oh this. okay yeah that's <laughs> that's a good question Was so i'm trying first... to remember it i don't have it verbatim but it's something like uh uh Charlize basically starts uh kind of calling out Dieter what's his name Dieter Otto Otto, Otto? <laughs> um, well uh, to be like... to be fair he starts the scene by saying you know uh get whatever you know money's no object get the get an x-wing get a plane this x-wing the yes, millennium yeah. falcon get chewbacca i don't know money's no object so he's mm. already on a star wars rant he's locked in so um i, I okay at at that point i was already like Huh. That's, that's too many Star Wars references for this character. This doesn't make any sense. It's, fla- it's, hey, it's flavor. Now we know a little bit more about this. <laughs> yes. Um, he loves so Star Wars. Basically, Charlie says something to the effect of like, you know, this is about the time in the movie where like the villain overestimates and like gets screwed over and doesn't realize how bad it all is. And he's kind of like, no way. I'm like a Luke Skywalker. I'm like a badass and like look at all i've built and and he was like no actually i'm more like uh what does he say obi-wan han solo han solo Solo. i'm more like a han solo like i'm also kind of a rogue because like ultimately fuck all these guys and and then charlie says no you're yoda and he's like the little green guy which is also like a funny thing to be like you know star wars and reference all the time and then you kind of have to act like yeah what the wait what was it yoda (laughs) um (laughs) The little green guy, and he's like, "Ah, oh, he's a very powerful Jedi." I take it, and she goes, "No, he's a puppet," and with someone his hand up their ass, and he kind of looks like shook and leaves. And I was just like, "This metaphor is all over the place," including like we were talking about characters, and now you're saying like, "Well, he's a prop, so actually, <laughs> right, yeah, doesn't count." It's like, well, Luke Skywalker is a, is a character that a guy's playing, so what does that matter? Like, I would also I like to bring up, I don't know if either of you know this fact, Han's last name, the character Han, his last name is Solo. Yes. In Thank the you. Fast and the Furious franchise, that character's name is canonically Han Solo. Got it. So maybe he was talking about Han in the crew. Could be. Well, he does say Han Solo. So yeah, the, he's like I'm kind of like Han, the character that's being reintroduced in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if he's shown up yet in the script. Was that what? What do you guys think about that bringing Han back? I mean, I love that actor, and he's of course he he shows back up. He's eating as usual. Yes. Um, uh, but it was just ridiculous that he's twice now. We've had different reasons and and sort of angles on how he's been killed, and it also makes like people like uh, Statham. And, and and people like seem very like inefficient. Inept. Like they just can't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can't can't figure it out. Um, I mean, it does it does do a lot of like unnecessary redemption for Statham now that he has canonically not killed Han. Um, it you know sort of gives him a little bit of like backdoor redemption of like, well you know like we did like like we've sort of grown to like Statham, but he did kill Han and now no longer. So I guess like it did that work for us, but I, you know, um, yeah, that was something that we did mention about Hobbs and Shaw that like at the end of the day, this guy still killed your friend. Right. Like no matter how much they were trying to redeem him, he still killed your friend. Yeah. 
uh, and I also speculated that some character, like somebody on an intercom, was Han. Oh, the person at the end of the like, movie, but yeah. But he's dead. How could he be alive? Yeah. Uh, so I, I think this is how they're doing it. They're, they're trying to reverse, you know, mm-hmm. Jason Statham uh, and his actions. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it, it's... Seemed, it seemed like when they brought Colossus back, where to me, uh, in the X Men, they killed off Colossus and said, I know that it's a comic book and comic book characters always come back, but this one is going to be real. This one's going to stick. And then, like, maybe two years later, they brought Colossus back right. from, from death. And so it really just like it's one of those things that lessens the impact. You can do it every like Michelle Rodriguez is back, right? She yeah. she died and everything. But like this one felt a little bit like what are you what are you doing? I like, I, I really agree with you of, in that it it kind of undercuts the permanence of death in the franchise where it's just like mm-hmm. I don't like I think having like it's weird because now I think the expectation is going to be that Gal Gadot will be back for one of the final two movies. It's and too, I, it feels too late to me. I mean, I guess they're running out of people to bring back for a big shock. So I guess that would make sense. But, but it's not me, a big like, shock. I think like the point that Max is making is it's no longer a big shock now because you, you're kind of expecting it because now, you're right. Michelle Rodriguez has been it. bought from the dead. That would be a bigger shock. Go to her grave and have her not pop out of it. <laughs> just like see her skeleton just like, like there's someone's like wait a minute you're telling me someone did die in these movies? Yeah. they're like all they're like all upset we're not invincible i mean um, like the fact too that like a very main character has actually passed away in real life and is canonically alive and will continue to be through the end of the films so it just feels like i don't know i don't know what they're going to do in my opinion there's this needle they need a thread where of course they want to top all these set pieces but i feel like Getting back to basics on some stuff too would be pretty great. We had another car catch in this movie, also. Yes, where we did. where Letty gets a hit by another bicycle or a car in the air, and then Vin veers in time to catch her to nestle her on the hood. Well, safely. he also don't forget he also does that to John Cena as well. So it's not yeah. it's yes. not just Letty. It's it's just like characters. a moves now that he can pull off expertly. Yeah, I would also like to compliment. Uh, I think Jordana Brewster has the best reaction faces to what's happening around her. <laughs> like she's constantly has this look of like, what the fuck is this? We're just like, like when the when the the big three, you know, the three pronged train car goes mm-hmm. up in the air and starts to like fall forward onto its back. She has this look of like, what am I looking at? And I was just like, she's she's got the best oh. facial expressions in this movie. She's just like, I, like these wide eyed, like what the fuck? I've got to mention, and I wonder if it's just the director's cut version. They after they get attacked in like Han's apartment, or maybe it's just the apartment he was shooting from. Uh, it's, it's a nice little fight. That's actually a fun mm-hmm. fun like fight there in the apartment. Or um, Jordana Brewster has like a ladle and then switches to a pan and gets uh-huh. some. Um, uh, Letty goes like, well, this is a dead end. Let's get out of here. Switch to another scene. And then when it comes back to the scene where she's grabbing the ramen and sitting down at the table, she goes like, it's a dead end. Let's get out of here. And it was like the same line, like added in. And I was like, did someone make a mistake and not realize she said it at the end of one scene and thought they needed to say it at the front of the other scene? That it feels really like, weird. that feels like a, that's director's cut. Yeah, like that's the director's cut. Because I should go back and double check, but I it was very it, strange, and I was like, did they truly not realize that was already spoken? So it's probably the same thing as we'll bring it back to Star Wars again. Probably the same thing as Greedo saying, like Han Solo saying the same lines to mm-hmm. uh, Jabba the Hutt that he says to Greedo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I. I. The. The. Yeah. Hand and then hand- she said McClunky. <laughs> <laughs> 
The I, yeah, I really like the fight scene in Han's apartment. We're introduced to a new character, Ellie, which is his like adopted daughter, essentially. So another huge character introduced this late in the franchise. But do you th- like? I don't know. Do you think we're gonna see Ellie going forward, or do you think she was just a plot device in this movie? I think uh, we're gonna see that's her going that's more forward. of a character I would like to see kind of expanded on and and be the, throughout you know pop up to help in the next couple movies. But I. At least since like then we don't have to get the backstory. We had it all in this movie, all nice and tight. So. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's going to give Han something to do because like everyone has that person, right? That they're kind mm-hmm. of tied to, that they do stuff with. And um, yeah, Han doesn't have Gal Gadot anymore, so I think they're going to use Ellie for kind of that. Yeah, that same like uh, when you have to pair up and, and go and do your thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they're going to do. But <clears throat> speaking of speaking of pairs. What did you think about uh, Tej and Roman in this one? I, I kind of thought their banter was a little flat. They're or usually a highlight, it... and I think the the meta stuff was dragging it down for me. And they do get like the crazy, incredible set piece that we've been calling for a long time, where they go to space. Yeah, uh, we're an hour um, into the podcast. We're now just bringing up that they go into yeah. space. In this movie. <laughs> but um, another thing that... Um, I thought didn't look great effects wise. And then I thought was just like a very, just like oddly acted scene was they go through the minefield, which is pretty fun and they make it all the way through. And then Roman's car gets blown up and wedged in between these rocks. And then there's a mine that no vehicle would normally be able to hit anyway. So why is it not in the field and sitting there? It's slowly falling down, you know, Jurassic park style. He has to get out the wind. Luckily the windshield just pops out. And he has to get out and fall and not hit the, the mine. Then it does hit the mine and blows up and falls. And you think he's just been flattened. <laughs> and the reaction of Ramsey, <laughs> <laughs> they're just like, oh, oh, no. Oh, man, that really he, stinks. <laughs> he, then he stumbles out from behind and they go, oh, OK, he's, he's OK. Whoa, are you? And that, of course, later prompts his are we invincible kind of discussion. But it was just like. It felt too much. It felt oddly cartoony in like a in like in a franchise that like the car swings on the thing. Yeah, like this is a this is a franchise that teeters on reality and cartoonishness. That felt like ripped out of like a Looney Tunes thing. Mm -hmm. The like the the car like almost flattening him, and then him like stepping to the side. It just all felt like that whole time. It's it's good that you mentioned cartoons because that whole time I was like, he's definitely not dead, but I am really truly hoping that he doesn't walk out of the back door of this vehicle because the back door is facing the character <laughs> right. you yeah. know what i mean yeah like they always have the safe fall on the head and then they and open, just open up the, the door, door and get yeah. out yeah it, it it really felt like it, that was about he to just happen. needed like to open a tiny umbrella a parasol right beforehand that would have been good <laughs> it should have been a piano and then his teeth are replaced by keys like piano keys Oh my goodness! Yeah, um, I was upset when they turned on the the magnet to mess with him, and, and all his food got ruined. Thought that was mean. <laughs> I, that that is one of those like, uh, it was so impractical for the scene where like a bunch of their computers and yeah, other things get fucked, like those magnets would have like destroyed the data on all that right. shit. Right, but yeah. just to like fuck with him so his spoon gets thrown taken out of his hand, and they're both like, "Oh damn!" It's just like you guys are so irresponsible. That's not even like a great prank. Like it's just, it's disrupting his lunch a little bit. Um, yeah. The, These guys I, have too much money. That is true that they just have too much stuff available to them. I do. Yeah. I think like 
normally for me, and I, I also, I, I do think it's, it's true in this movie too, that like, despite it being maybe lacking a little bit of punch, the Tej Roman stuff is like a highlight for me in these because they just, they're, they're just so fun together, but they're, you know, like most of the movie, it's just, it's kind of lacking something a little bit. And I do, I guess like as a, as a general thought, I was thinking like, I'm sort of glad that this franchise is ending because it kind of feels like they're running out of steam a little bit. Yeah. I just I want th- them to like take the time and care to try and try and wrap it up real nice. Like they've all been fun entry. Like they've, and I, I've especially I've revisited ones where I thought I didn't like them very much and then have. So I, it's, I just want them to like, yeah, pardon the pun. I don't want them to like go out on fumes. I would really love oh. for them to get back to their roots They'll be they have lots of characters and people to come back to and call back to. I can't wait till the last bit of the movie is Cypher making them a cake and telling them that she's their family. <laughs> La now. Familia at the end, yeah. yeah. She's she's the one Cracks giving Corona. She's the one saying grace at the end of the tenth movie. Like, Did you bring the corona? She's like, I bought corona and like the company. They're like, Hey. <laughs> I don't I don't think you can uh, get away with that anymore. The corona references. Oh no. Oh no. They did it. I mean, granted, this was probably filmed prior to that, but they, uh, in fact, it was upsetting because, um, oh, why can't I think of his name? Guardians of the Galaxy. Michael Rooker. Yeah. When when Dom goes to talk to him and figure out where his brother is, he cracks a couple Coronas. Dom holds it. And then after he says he goes to London, he just puts the thing down. I was like, no, don't waste the <laughs> beer, you dumb dumb. You dumb dumb. <laughs> I and dare you to say Rooker that. Rooker with two of them in his hand. You'll never find him in London. Gets <laughs> sloshed. Yeah. Um, so uh, we've, yeah, we've kind of, we've kind of like also talked about some stuff that we may have called for future movies. Um, yeah. What is there to do? Like, I know, like I, I, Robert, I kind of agree with you. I hope that like there's some groundedness to the last bits of these movies where like, I don't want them to escalate I, for the sake of escalation. I don't mm-hmm. know where you could, I don't know how you could not because i feel like the ultimate thing this the series is pretty good about paying off on old characters and references and callbacks and like maybe everyone and their brother wasn't stoked to see you know what's his face from tokyo drift and little bow wow and stuff but like it was a fun it was a fun reveal and then the rocket cars introduced so did wait did i miss something there i did want to i did want to talk about this did i miss something there what the hell are they doing working on a rocket uh i i do believe it's just like we wanted to introduce these characters from tokyo drift this and they were just like this is just something for them to do i find it very very hard to believe that the character from tokyo drift is working on a rocket vehicle. Basically became the lone gunman from the X-Files. Like, it's just, like, three nut jobs. Like, they went from, like, street racers to, like, just weird, like, theoretical, like, like wacky mechanics. It's so... Also with infinite money for some reason. More like the lone gun it, man. (laughs) That's right. Good one, Rob. But yeah, that that didn't. I I really thought that I had missed something. Like it didn't make sense that they were working on a rocket car right next to this like uh, airfield. Like there was some kind of science project to it or something yeah, like it that. Yeah, it did. It did feel like the sort of thing. Like I know that there is a like there's a Netflix animated Fast and Furious franchise that's made for kids. It almost feels like there's a plot line in that that explains why they ended up there from Tokyo <laughs> to to like Berlin, where they're like fucking with rockets but it yeah i I had no idea that there was a kid show 
Yeah. I think it's it's like a, like Fast and Furious like spy hunters or something, but it's How much of it have you watched? None. Maybe I'm just aware that it exists, that but we should check out. Yeah. Um but yeah, I yeah, the, the I mean I enjoyed them just cuz I think they're they're like a fun weird crew and like the dynamic of the three of them was interesting, but it does feel like a weird turn for those characters to have just like I don't know. How do we introduce them again? I don't know. They could be like the the reason they go to space. What they did is they said like we're the expectation is space before the end of the series. So let's introduce a rocket car. Who's going to be doing it? Who haven't we brought back? Let's go back to the well because at this point it's cool. Like it doesn't matter if the movies are good or well received. Like people are excited for that stuff to get brought back up again. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it didn't didn't quite make sense for me. And, and I really do hope like you guys, I really hope they tone it back a little bit and just do really good races. Like again, it, it's it's like a balance. Like I don't mind if they do an insane over the top set piece, but I kind of want it, even if it's a weird juxtaposition, I want there to be references to the origins or hell, maybe have a time jump, have, have super aged up Vin. God, he would never allow it. He would never let himself look old or bad. But like have him watching from the stands of that stadium now repurposed and his son is is grown and he's a racer now something like that <laughs> toretto race to the, some root stuff and i don't want them to go like all the way back because honestly the the first two movies uh, you know the like street racing isn't all that interesting right. to me either i think my peak was five i think it was great mm. it was fantastic and in the, that i specifically noticed that they set up a street race and then never showed it on on um, yeah, yeah, they're like, they we're racing for pinks, and then it like transitions. They've won the cars. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay, this is good. This is you. You won me over with that because I don't necessarily need to see that street racing, but I do want to see really cool car stuff. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean more grounded. Even though the the um, them driving around with that safe is ridiculous, like absolutely over the top. It's still like could happen do you know what i mean there's yeah. a gravity there's there's weight to it literally there's you know there's there's something more it, it, it it's you know like it's in funny six, that it feels realistic by comparison yeah in six yeah. they have those like catapult cars and like those like that that is also like itself kind of silly but it does feel like something that could happen versus like in seven like where they're fighting like a giant helicopter with cars and you know like a submarine mm-hmm. with cars I, yeah, the escalation has gotten too much, and I kind of hope yeah. they scale it back a little bit. I feel like, yeah, they were really towing the line this whole time, and they, they crossed it with this movie. Yeah. But, yeah, still fun. I think uh, another one of my favorite parts after Cardi B was Vin Diesel riding on the top of that train vehicle, whatever it is, that, after it like, tipped over. Somehow doesn't slow down whatsoever <laughs> once it's flipped yeah, over. It's, just like it's, gr- a, fric- it's a frictionless world. Edinburgh the- has actually no... Yeah, it just all you can slide perfectly on it. But he like throws a grenade to one to one side of it to blow it up, flip it over a hundred times, and then it lands directly on a street and then it's, keeps driving. You it's like when someone is using like hacks and like a first person shooter and <laughs> can like bank things perfectly. That and, made me laugh so much because in order for him, like it it illustrates how strong he thinks he is that this mm-hmm. this like runaway freight train that is going at least at least 60 miles an hour he's able to chuck a grenade in front of this thing so he's so powerful that he's able to break that speed with his with his throw of this grenade i laughed so much at that because it just to me like it illustrates his weird fucking ego that he's just like hey don would of course be able to throw this fucking you know grenade just like (laughs) 
No, it would go back. Like, you're going too fast, but he's so strong that, of course, it would go that far. He's also, like, such an incredible physicist to be able to, like, come up with all of... Okay, I have right. to throw it at this spot. <laughs> yeah. It's going to knock me over, tip me over. So I'd say three, 13, 15 times. Okay, and that will land me on the street. And he did it, like, bef- before with the bridge, too. He's like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to crash right into it. It's going to, like, lock into mm-hmm. this. It's going to swing me around right to this other street flip me over michelle rodriguez also in the car along for the ride just like oh you're driving off a cliff let's do this dom <laughs> well she has like and a then, she has a very brief respite of like don't do it don't do it dom yeah. and then just like all right whatever and then they flip over like 20 times all the windows bust out of this thing they both are fine not even a scratch no like blood trickling down from their temple mm-hmm. nothing just like they're totally fine like they would have massive concussions too but they're sitting there like like glad pretty crazy, right? Yeah, pretty. Yeah. Can you believe that works? Yeah, Good me too. Uh, yeah, a, li- a little too much, but still some fun stuff. Yeah. Definitely worth, you know, talking about shooting the shit. It's it's weird. By the end of it, when I went back and listened to the other ones, I was like, I wonder what it was about this movie. It really is a just like a little special, special sauce because it has everything else. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think yeah, we're all in agreement that it just it kind of just misses just it just misses the mark just a little bit it just goes a little too far for my liking but anyways uh we have gone long on this and it's a movie in a franchise that we all like so that's probably why but anyways that'll do it for this one we will talk to you next time bye see ya